Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 63, recorded on the 12th, 12th of February 2019. 12 is a very difficult... 12 is easy to say, 12th is not so easy to say. No, I totally agree. That's why you're saying it and I'm not. Well, here is a very good opportunity to invoke the Swedish word of kränkt. <laughs> I'm, I'm very offended by the fact that it's so hard to say 12th. And I, I would say that the Swedish word and meaning of kränkt isn't really encapsulated by offended. No, I would have to agree. Then again, kränkt is such a, it's such a nuanced word. Very, very useful for most everything. And I would love to get our English-speaking audience to come in with suggestions for how you believe that the word cranked is spelled. How, how do you think that the word cranked is spelled? Well, I, I think that's I think that's the name of this episode, cranked. <laughs> that's true. I know one person, at least from Norway, that is going to laugh her ass off. <laughs> anyway, yep. there have been... Uh, I was about to say an awakening, but there, there, a lot of things have happened since we recorded last. I think this is the, the longest show notes we have ever had. Yeah, and this yeah. time I'm actually going to remember to put the show notes in the, <laughs> the, the blog post, because I kind of lost it last time, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of it. So I've spent the first and second day, Monday and Tuesday this week, teaching and yeah, and I've had the opportunity to teach presentation skills to our Accelerate program. That's uh, our regional um, uh, trainee program, if you will. So it's it's ten people from all over the the region of Atea. So I think the farthest one is from Karlskrona, which is like four hours away. Yep. And uh, that was that was interesting. This is the. Um, improved version or i should say level two version of the uh, the training yeah a couple of months back i gave them the basics of presentation skills over two days and they went from some pretty good some not so good to all of them very good they look a bit like a sponge so they just sucked all the information up and turned into great presenters this one was slightly more nuanced i cover emotions i cover wording and stuff like that so storytelling storytelling yes very much so two very exciting and interesting days with awesome people good fun yep and i had the pleasure to attend the first day um i believe i was there to help out usually when when you and myself try to collaborate we only make fun of the other one um but it, it was a great time it's um I'm always surprised of how small things can matter so much when it comes to public speaking. Could you give an example of that? I would say that only the the most obvious one, of course, is the ability to make good pauses. So yeah, position is pausation. hard. Yeah, but that's by far probably the most powerful thing you can do when you're speaking in public. Be quiet. The irony of that is is not lost on me, but yeah, and I, I agree completely. And while we're on the subject of small things, wrap things into a story. Yep. And we had a, a very interesting discussion yesterday about technology. Is it 
easy to create a good story around TCP IP, for instance, or, or Intune or SQL Server? I would say no. It's kind of hard to do that. But why would you? Because it doesn't matter about the tech. The only thing that matters is the users of the tech, the, the people. And as yep. soon as you toss the people into the mix, the stories just create themselves, basically. And as soon as you can create a story from your perspective, boom, you can yep. really deliver. And, and so, so why would you say that presentation skills are important for someone who works in tech then? I I think that sentence is kind of, of uh, not entirely correct. Everyone could benefit from public speaking or public public speaking training, I should say. Yeah. And and why is that? Because every interaction with another person is basically public speaking, and since every interaction with another person is you you want to make someone do something. Exactly, and and that's something that may sound a bit harsh to many of you that are listening, but but that's the thing. Like When you are interacting with someone, you always have a purpose. If Correct. you interact with someone without a purpose... Cold talking. Yeah, that, that's cold talking, exactly. Because every other conversation you have, if it's with your partner, with your manager, with your colleague, with your friend, you try to achieve something. And that could be just to make the other person happy or to make yourself happy. That's and a very, very yeah. good point. It could be as easy as to make someone feel important, to be happy, or something like that, yeah. which or, is very important. Yeah, or even to make yourself feel good or important. Sure. In some cases. And on speaking speaking on, on important and, and feeling good, that's maybe one of the worst <laughs> segues ever. The Power BI desktop February... <laughs> feature summary is out oh that was horrible for no, real no i mean no, i that, that, i feel good when i read that <laughs> you're laughing please, please go on i'll mute my mic yeah you you do that yeah. so there have been a new blog post covering the february desktop updates and they are quite a few and there have been some changes in in power bi pretty much too many changes to to explain all of them, but I'm pretty sure that Adam and Guy in the Cube are going to go through uh, the, the changes in more detail. Yeah. But I would like to point out a few, and one of, the, one of them is the updates to the new filter pane, and this is in, in preview. And the reason I point this one out is that the filter pane is really gaining steam. So the thing is with the, the, the whole filter pane is that maybe we're looking at a something that's going to, to do away with the slicers. As it stands now, slicers can do pretty much the same thing as the filter pane and vice versa, but not entirely. So there is a, a big overlap in, in functionality, but still you might want to use one or the other. But as I see it, the filter pane is quickly gaining ground and maybe it'll do away with the slicers. And I personally think that the filter pane is a lot smoother it's it's a smoother way of interacting with the data and, and gives you so many more opportunities to slice and dice the data. And are both the, the slicers and the filter pane, is that something that you can embed inside of uh, a report or is it something that you use when you're creating a report? No, actually the, the, um, 
the slicer is a control just like anything else, like um, a KPI or table or something. Yep. So it, that gives you a set of buttons to click to slice or filter the data. The filter pane is you just click, I want to see the filter pane, and boom, there we have the filter pane. So you can interact with them both when you actually consume the data, and that's the thing with the yep. filter pane. So, so you could you could build your own filter pane for a specific report that someone that consumes the data would use. Yeah, and that's yep. that's the whole point. Yep. And we have one very speaking of simple things, we now have word wrap in the visual titles as a formatting option. Hooray. And it, it's such a basic thing, but oh my goodness, it's so awesome to have it in there. And this yep. was actually coded by one of the Microsoft interns. Oh, good, cool. good stuff. We have a very cool thing, the key influencer, influencers visual. And the thing with this one is that it's AI based. So oh. yes, automatically it's going to create a machine learning algorithm for you underneath the covers. And when you put numbers in, it's going to kind of magically give you the reason why a number is the way it is. Then again, it's it's a machine learning algorithm, so don't bet your company on it. But the more data you give it, the better predictions mm. it's going to give you. So you can pretty much ask why, wh what are the key influencers for this specific value? Why is this, what correlates to this value? And that's pretty much what it, it does. What correlates to this value? Kind of cool, that's right? It's hugely interesting and that's that's really what i would say one of the big reasons why organizations use this power bi today they want to visualize data to be able to easier find these key influencers but now power bi can do that for them yes very much so i'm, we... I'm really looking forward to you demoing this that would be very interesting sure and it's it's one thing to give people data anybody could do that and to glean information from the data, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Exactly. And again, one fairly small update that is absolutely huge. We now have vastly improved error messages in both Live Connect and Direct Query. Instead of something broke, I'm sorry, you get a much better error message that you can use to troubleshoot whatever is happening. That is awesome stuff. Yep. Every improvements to the log files or error message and so on made to someone outside of IT especially sound like something very boring, mm -hmm. but that's where we spend most of our time. Yeah, and just look at the, the um, bang for the buck. If you make it easier to troubleshoot a common issue, boom, you've saved a lot of money and a lot of time. So would you say that I'm right when I'm saying that if you feed Power BI data, Power BI gives you answers. Absolutely. Feel free to quote me. Ha. Huh. So what's what's going on your side of the fence? You're actually teaching as well, right? Yep. Uh, I'm in Dublin. So I'll be teaching a two-day course on Microsoft 365 Business, which is fairly interesting, and we'll get back to that later on, I hope. So I'm in Dublin. I'll be doing the training for Micro Warehouse, who organized... Cloud Camp in Dublin in October last year. Oh right, where I spoke, and that's on, on that we're still moving down that road. So I'll be 
covering various topics such as Azure AD, Intune, obviously, Windows, fair amount of time on Office 365 and the data protection compliance parts of Office 365. So it's um, really interesting. I've learned a lot by preparing for the course, and I think we'll have two really great days. Cool. How many students? I have no clue, to be honest. I think the, the classroom takes 15, 16. Okay. Something like that. So, um, And I believe we have an, a full room. So a um, fair amount of people and a Surface Hub. Is, is this one of the um, MS courses or is this it, a completely no, new one? It's a, custom, it's a custom course. It's a custom course, correct. Yep. All right. Yep. And speaking about people, mm-hmm. Bart Jacobs at CloudSparkle on Twitter reached out after actually after our two latest episodes with some feedback on Windows Virtual Desktop. I'm, I'm really grateful that you reached out, Bart, so I hope you're listening. Some, we have discussed Windows Virtual Desktop over the, the last episodes, and we have said that, or I've said at least, that this is the future. I do see that we'll run more and more desktops in Azure, and that Windows Virtual Desktop will be one of the solutions that will deliver these desktops to users. But something you really need to remember is that if you move your devices or your OS to the cloud, you also, in most cases, would be required to move your apps and your data to the cloud. And that's one of the benefits when it comes to Windows Virtual Desktop and Office 365, for example. That data is already inside of Azure, so you get great access to that. But if you have an on-prem application and you put your endpoint basically in the cloud, your Windows in the cloud, the the actual OS running that application, you could face some huge challenges with latency and bandwidth and so on. So if you're looking into moving to the cloud to run your Windows machines inside of Azure, for example, also ensure to think about how you run your applications. And I think that's that's the same with if you run servers as well. If you have the data in one place and the application in another, you will face some challenges. And that's the exact same thing when it comes to clients. So basically what you're saying is clients might seem simple on the surface, but as you dig deeper, it turns out to be just as big of a mess as my side of the fence. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely think that we we should move endpoints to the cloud if you have a business need for it, of course, but then do remember where you have your data and your apps. Cool. So the the pesky business comes back again. Yeah. It's always about the business. Yeah, it's the business. Meh. (laughs) Such, such, such horror. Yeah. (laughs) I'm traveling this week. You're traveling this week as well, right? No. No. When Not are you this traveling week. the next, ne- time? next Next well next two, week. In two weeks. Next week. Yeah. I'm actually going to um, the north next week. <laughs> the north. Yes. North of the wall. Pretty much, because I'm going to Piteo, which oh. is very, very far north. Yep. Uh, I'm going to a client site and I'm going to pretty much tear their database environment to shreds. 
look at it from every conceivable angle and put it back again and give them uh, thoughts and, and ideas on how to improve. Oh. And I've already been told that they're in a bit of a pickle because they're running always on ability groups for a couple of um, databases. They are looking at maybe some 500 databases per always on group. But oh. um, as it stands now, they have less than 100 and they are already looking at some serious performance issues. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to go up and, and troubleshoot that for starters. So we'll you're see. actually going to work next week. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm as surprised as you are. But th <laughs> that's it's just going to be for one day on site and then I'm going to be creating a report. And then yep. the week after that, I am going to Manchester and SQL Bits. Yep. That's going to be fun. awesome. And again, do remember that I have some great restaurants proposals for Manchester. I did not know that. I'm going to pick your brain for that one. Definitely. You know what I, I think about there's... Indian food. Oh, I haven't tried that. But Manchester is supposed to have great Indian food. Oh, they did. I mean, me and my wife, we were there this yeah, were. summer. Yeah, and we found an, an awesome Indian place. So I might actually be going back there if I have the time. Cool. Yeah. So... You told me something kind of weird before we started recording, and that was about Accenture, Avenade, and Microsoft. Yeah, and and we'll, I think we'll start by saying that we aren't completely sure what this means, but it's been really marketed as something huge, and if we put our mind into it, we can also see why this would matter a lot when it comes to the IT industry as a whole, especially for companies like the one we work for. What What is it about? Uh, so, last week, Microsoft and Accenture and Avanade, since that's a, an, an organization owned by Accenture and Microsoft, officially launched a new business group. So the Accenture Microsoft Business Group, which also include Avanade. And they see this as a way to take advantages of their strategic alliance and see how this business group together could be greater than each individual organization on its own. So how can you get the best out of Avanade, Accenture and Microsoft when they work together? Right. And it's it's really not clear, from what I've read, at least so far, how this will be different from what they've done previously. But they do, among other things, quote Carlsberg, and the story about how Accenture and Microsoft have been working together with Carlsberg. So where you can get the best out of Microsoft, the best out of uh, Accenture to make some great changes for their joint customers. Okay. Uh, and they also see this as a way to be more global, since if it, if you look at Sweden, we have very very few Microsoft consultant services people working in in Sweden. Mm -hmm. But Accenture and Avanade is represented in Sweden. So from a Microsoft partner perspective, this could be something to look into and see where this will end up. Um, and we'll see. I think it's interesting, and it's it's a it's 
two very powerful and very large organizations that are great fits for each other, as far as I see. Um, so it will be interesting. Indeed. What are and, your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with getting my head around the fact that Avenade, as you said, it's, it's co-owned between Microsoft and, and uh, Accenture. So how, how much more can you get out of that, uh, that partnership? Yeah. But as you say, I, I'm pretty sure that we have just seen the, the start of this. We don't know where it's going to end up. And I, for one, think that this is something that we as a company, Atea, needs to keep our eyes on. Definitely. Very, yeah, and then maybe they are going to redraw the uh, the landscape. I'm yep. very curious to see what's going to happen. Definitely. Hmm. So, do we have any more Config Manager or Windows 10 builds? Because I'm 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 getting a bit annoyed. It's been so long since I heard the classic Simon drone on new Config Manager builds. <laughs> so come on, man. So so the guy who gets like 10 Power BI releases every single week complains over my only config manager release every month. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, we actually have a new config manager build version 1902. And there are some interesting and small stuff uh, included in this. I um, some, some fairly big one as well, but the obvious ones are that you're now able to choose if a specific notification should be shown as a toast notification you know the black rectangles that go in from your right hand side of the screen and pops up and say hey something happened or if you want a dialogue window oh nice and this is all about user experience mm -hmm. because it's easily missed when you get the toast notification you aren't able to interact with it as instantly as you would with a dialogue window but then again, so it, it doesn't pop up in your face like a dialogue window does. No, exactly. Which, in some cases, actually could be really disruptive for, mm -hmm. for a person. So you can pick and choose what you like there. You can also redirect Windows known folders to OneDrive using Config Manager. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's yet another setting that are moving into Config Manager as well to enable you to make settings without requiring, for example, connectivity to a domain controller. Right. And a few other bits and pieces uh, when it comes to remoting, uh, add cloud management gateways to boundary groups. You can easily, more easily manage how content and so on moves when you're using the cloud management gateway uh, and how the uh, software center looks how the software you, center looks yeah so you can set default layout of applications as tiles or lists ah. and configure filters and i think this is also this comes from one of the program managers that asked a question on this on twitter a couple of weeks ago requesting feedback from from the community mm -hmm. and here we have a feature now oh, there you go yeah so a lot of new stuff, uh, plenty to see. Config Manager isn't in any way, shape, or form dead, <laughs> if you were thinking about that. And before we move on, I need to tell you a bit about what's new in Intune as well. Mm -hmm. 
because it's a huge release. Oh, really? Yeah. So, l last week, week of February 4th, we got Company Portal Dark Mode ah. on Mac OS. On Mac OS. Yep, that's it. That's it? Yep. Um, that was underwhelming. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm probably the only one in the world who doesn't like dark mode. Yeah, I think you are. I, 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 I do see the value of it when you are presenting something. But I, I, I no, it doesn't work for me at all. I think it's very much easier on the eyes. Yeah, and as you know, my eyes are already hurt by other things, so uh, just keep hitting on them. You you manage to stuff things in your eyes, and, and that kind of takes some serious skill. Apparently, and it's always in combination with flying, or prior to flying, so it isn't even the, the plane's fault. Are you going to submit to build? I am. I am. How, how do you... I mean... Build, we've had this discussion, and Build is a developer conference, correct? Exactly. What are we going to do, or what are you going to do at a developer <laughs> conference? Not not to belittle your, your no, non-existent no, 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 coding no, no. skills. I think that's a compliment, actually. I, I would say that I have minus coding skills. Oh, there you go. Uh, so Build will be in Seattle, May 6th to 8th. Mm -hmm. And just as you said, it's a developer conference. But the sessions I'll submit will be on how developers can improve the coding by understanding the needs from an IT pro perspective. Cool. Yep. Well, as, as you say, you never know unless you try. And if you don't exactly. submit a session, you're not going to be speaking at build. If you try, well, yep. you've at least created yep. an opportunity. Definitely. And speaking, I'm, I'm going to come back to the whole uh, speaking thing. Because the, the guy that trained us, uh, David J.P. Phillips, yeah. uh, he's, let's just say, accomplished. Yeah. He is very, very good at what he does. And he's an amazing uh, trainer as well. He yep. recently did a TED Talk for TEDx Zagreb where he showcased his 110 techniques of communication and public speaking. That's his, his new uh, packaging, if you will. Yep. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link it in the show notes because this is awesome stuff for everyone to see. And it's, it's kind of a teaser of the, the system he's created. These, these are not new things, but the way yep. he's packaged them is just second to none, I think. Yeah, definitely. If you are an MVP and like what David does, reach out to me and Alexander, and uh, we may have some great information for you. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hook you up. Let's just yep. say that. Yep. All right. I'm actually thinking that that could be it for this week. I think so. I think we covered the most vital stuff. We can now run Teams with 5,000 users in a team. That's also wow. a discussion that erupted on Twitter. 5,000 uh, people is a lot of people. Yeah, but I, I honestly believe that it will work out, and I have a bunch of customers that have requested this. What was the, the earlier max? 2,500. 
Oh, it's really? doubled. Yeah. So is is there going to be a lot of, of uh, increased pressure on the service if you go from two and a half thousand to five thousand or why do you think they they have the 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 numbers i think it's it's about it, it's like with config manager they support what they know works in production so uh. i'm betting you that someone have been trying this out and assumed that it worked with five thousand uh i think alexander holm is at um i think he is an is an MVP in Office Apps and Services mm-hmm. at Team Cloudway or Cloudway in Norway. His his comment were, or how the CPU will handle everyone starting to post a lot of GIFs. GIFs. Ah, so the 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 main issue with five thousand people is finding someone with five thousand friends and inviting them all <laughs> to a team. Yeah, so so we'll see how it ends up. I know, like the the customers I have that have requested this. When they have a team that size, it's not about communicating. It's not about dialogue. It's about pushing out notifications to their users, which mm. you could use Yammer for as well. Yeah. But I think that's, yeah, and you say so, and I say so, but look at Yammer from an, from a global perspective. It's a very loved product. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, don't, I don't doubt it, but my opinion of Yammer is like your opinion on dark mode. <laughs> I think I think my opinion on dark mode is a. It's not as popular is it, as is your opinion darker? on Yammer. It's darker. Yep. Ah, there we go. And on yep. pretty much that bombshell and the fact that Simon <laughs> is hungry, I think it is a time to end this week's show. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week. Bye.